This episode of Finding Demo Surfishing is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. The Kids Can Fish Foundation is in a 5013C charitable organization that's doing great things for kids and helping them get out there and learn more about cast uh, throwing a cast net, surf fishing out of the St. Simons Island, Georgia area. Hopefully one day they'll be national, but they're doing a lot of great things in that area and they're also doing other camps throughout that zone. So super awesome program super great thing that they're doing for these kids and if you go over to kidscanfish.net you'll see more about it and you'll also see opportunities to be able to help them by sending in a donation and just making this continue like they always say more tackle boxes less xboxes and that is awesome for these kids so again kidscanfish.net get on over there order help them out do good things New episode, new week. I know the format's a little funky here. It's a little uh, different. You weren't expecting the music to change like that on you, but I'm actually recording this week through StreamYard, and I am talking with a, a local awesome dude that I know very well from Half Hitch Tackle, Mr. Colin. Uh, we're going to go into a lot of really cool things. we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Colin is a rod maker, a hell of an angler, lots of really cool things to tell you about with this guy. And finally, I managed to convince him to come on the show to talk to us about it. Uh, he's kind of quiet in the world of social media for now. You're going to see a lot more of him and a lot more cool things. He's, uh, oh, what's the good word to say? He is catching a lot of fish very, very quietly. Yes, that, that's probably the best way to say it, but he's doing really cool things, and we're going to talk a lot about that today, so without further ado, Colin, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you on. What up? What up, man? Fun, fun. It's been <laughs> fun coming back into the shop and seeing you, dude. It's, dude, it's, it's weird not being there and seeing you guys. I'm so glad you're back, man. It's, dude, <laughs> like, to be honest, you're, you're so fun to come into because, you know, you listen, you talk, you know. I'm glad to have you back, man. No, thank you. And I plan on sticking around this time. So no, no more falling. <laughs> yeah, no, go. <laughs> don't do that no more. So we'll, uh, let's go ahead and have a little bit of these pieces here. Let's go for the first opening question because we're going to start in the beginning and we're going to work our way through it. Tell us your story and what got you into fishing, man. So I'm not originally from Florida. I know it's like, if I see all these people like, yeah, I was, raised on fishing you know they're like i started fishing when i came out of the womb you know there's a lot of people like that and i'm just like i moved here my freshman year of high school and i wasn't really into fishing i you know i was uh i was a uh playing video games eight hours a day playing counter-strike and league of legends on my computer oh yeah good games right there <laughs> you know i was a i was a gamer i didn't really fish man and then my freshman year of high school at Navarre High School, I moved here, and uh, not too many people from the high school fished, but I wanted uh, I've always kind of been interested in it when I moved here, so I was like, maybe I'll go to the pier, and I remember that first time I went to the pier, it was like a light bulb went off in my head, man. It was like 
seeing people catch Spanish and people like everybody, all the locals run around the pier throwing at, you know, tarpon and all these cool things. It was like, what have I been doing with my whole life? You know, it's like, why would I play video games? I know that kind of sounds cliche, but that's just how it was for me. And I, when I first started fishing, um, I was a pier rat and I, uh, I remember it specifically, I went, I saved up all my allowance from mowing lawns and doing all stuff. And I went to Walmart and got a pin fierce 4,000 on an ugly stick GX2. That was like my first setup. And I, uh, I bought me a gotcha plug because I saw everybody using gotcha plugs. I was like, well, this, this must be good. And I started catching Spanish and that's just, just what started it all really. But that first like freshman year to like junior year, I really didn't do much, uh, like serious fishing. It was just like, I go out on the pier on the weekends and catch Spanish and hardtail and whatever eats a gotcha plug, because that's really all I knew how to use, but I wasn't like, uh, too serious about it. Okay. So starting out there, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the pen fierce combo that that's oh, always no. cool stuff, man. I mean, I think a lot of people poo poo some of these younger uh-huh. uh, or they think it's an entry level or, Oh, it's not that good. It's like, no, the pen fierce does friggin' phenomenal. It is a great opening setup and you can really customize and plan with it. Shoot. Yeah. You can get dude, a pen wrap could be a good combo. You know, there's um, the tackle has gone a long way. From being in a tackle shop, I can um, I test a lot of stuff and I see a lot of stuff that comes through, and it's it's especially gone a long way, especially with um, a good one is uh, surf combos. You can go into half hitch right now and get a pin wrath ten foot combo or a pin fierce combo with a ten foot rod for ninety to hundred bucks. You know, and that's that's incredible. Yeah, click the wrong button there. <laughs> See, that's the one part that I think a lot of, especially new people getting into the game, really kind of forget about is the tackle shop. There's not a big deal to like, they don't want to take your money. It's not, that's not the game at all, but you can get fully set up for, I mean, in reality, you can get fully set up for a hundred, under a hundred bucks to get after it. Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of people come in, especially this time of year, since we're getting close to our pomp and a run, um, people come in from out of state and they, uh, a lot of people tell me they're like, I just want to catch a fish. I just right. want to catch a fish, which is like it's hard to do, um, because when somebody says I want to catch a fish, it's like, well, where are you going to be fishing? Where are you headed? Ask all these questions. But usually, when somebody says that, I'm like, I sell them a pompano rig, usually a salty pompano rig with some fish bites, and I was like, just throw this off the beach, and you know, you're gonna, you're going to get a fish, whether it's a catfish, ladyfish, hardtail pompano. But this time of year, you know, if somebody wants to come down to Florida and just like catch a, a fish or any species of fish or a lot of fish, I'm just like, go off the surf. It's nice. You know, you get to lay back the, the sand, you know, put a sand spike, chill with your family. I That's that's to me why I like surf fishing is just the relaxation of it. It's hard not to relax when you're on the beach. And then catching fish is just, you know, that momentary adrenaline and then just enjoy yourself the rest of the day, really. Yeah. So with that one being said, what type of fishing do you like to do? Well, glad you asked. When I first moved here, it was like (laughs) all about the pier. It was like 100% all about the pier. And then I did surf fish 
quite a bit actually when the um like for me when i like to surf fish i like that overcast days with some pretty roughed up waters actually if it if the water's sandy or a little not dirty but that sandy i kind of like that i think a lot of pompano um move through when that water's pretty sandy and that overcast like the flat days i don't really like fishing the flat clear days it's just like I like to walk the beach and fish and sight fish, but when it comes to set rig fishing, I like I like them overcast days. Yeah, that is one thing I do remember about you is you, you love the walk. You, you are all about oh, yeah. making it down to the, you know, all the way down to the Eglin line, if not further. You will go out there and push yourself to go find those fish. And and you're, I mean, I haven't heard of a time where you haven't been successful. So that that whole method right there is always spot on, good to go. So I can't think of uh, I can't think of a better way when you do it. I'm just like, yep, yeah, you're. It's cool. I wish hey I man, you're do doing it too. I see you, you throw that popper around. <laughs> what? How's the popper doing for you? Uh, it's been okay. I need to get back out and play with it. I mean, a lot of stuff happened before. I was doing a lot of things before I got hurt, and then yeah. now it's like, okay, we got to get back into that and try to get back in and get the strength back. So eventually I will be back out throwing the popper uh, and I'm trying to get my hands on a couple more Halcos uh, right now, mm -hmm. but apparently it's difficult to get things from Australia. So I'm Dude. trying, I'm, uh, I'm unfortunately having to use a side reference of like, Hey, can you help me out with this? I need, I need these poppers. Have you but, messed around with uh, nomad yet? No, not yet. They got, they got some pretty cool poppers. Um, really? Nomad is a brand I really like. It's from Australia. Okay. And they use, um, BKK hooks, if you've heard of them. I have. Which is another Australian brand. But Nomad, out of Australia, they make these really cool little squid lures that they just came out. And the uh, the top water popper is really good. And they're, uh, I call them X-Wraps. But you know what I'm talking about? Like the hard body Rapalas. Yeah. Like the treble hooks. Yeah. I call them X-Wraps. But they kind of make those like a trolling lures for blackfin tuna. <gasps> you said the word. I did say it. Oh no, <laughs> the world's going to end BFT dude. One day, one day, one of us is going to catch a, catch one of them from the freaking from the beach. We're going to, Oh, go. you're going to, no, you're the first one. <laughs> I know you are. You care more about it than anybody. From the, I just from think the beach. it'd be cool. I would dude, love to have a tuna like that. I mean, this year I've been butthurt that I didn't get out there. So listen, what we're going to do is you get to put your popper on the back of my kayak and I'm going to kayak it out. <laughs> and then I mean, it's basically sharking with a popper. My <laughs> record, something really bad will happen. <laughs> um, what has been one of the craziest or your favorite catch? My craziest or favorite catch? I've caught a lot of weird things. Um, <laughs> you ever heard of a rabbit fish? Oh, of course. We're okay. starting to see a lot more of them now from what I've Rabbit fish? I mean, it's not that crazy, but they're to me, they're so freaking cool. It's a giant puffer fish with right. teeth of a rabbit. That's why we call them rat fish that will cut your finger in half. <laughs> the craziest things, but they're, uh, do you, so, you know, they're like crazy poisonous, right? Yeah. I have a buddy it, in Asian culture that, um, they, uh, it's a delicacy for them. Yeah. You gotta cut puffer it the fish. right way. You gotta, yeah. The, the right way or, you know, you're going to drop dead in your house, but they're, um, <laughs> apparently they're like incredibly really good and they got really white meat on them but i'm not ever <laughs> i don't care if it's the best fish cleaner in the world i don't want to 
risk that. <laughs> you got to live but, dangerously, man. But catching rat, I, I I explain this a lot to people is um, when we see a rabbit fish on the pier, it's probably the closest fish to a cobia without being a cobia. I can explain. Really, like the way they eat. So when you throw out one on the pier, you know they're very uh, they're very aggressive actually. But the way they go on your lure and the way they go down on it, it's very very similar to how a cobia eats. Huh. Um, so it's always good practice, and they come. You know they're coming this time of year, so they'll fool you too. You're like, oh, there's a nice little ling coming down but really it's a rabbit fish but they're they're really cool man that's probably one of the crazier fish we catch out there but there's i don't i talk to people a lot that um here in navarre you know this but we you can get the most diverse species of fish probably in the world we're catching mahi sailfish black and two not even a mile away from the like the shore and that's yeah. pretty unheard of. Like, we absolutely have a ridiculous it, fishery for that stuff. <laughs> it's it's great. Like to tell somebody like, yeah, I caught a blackfin tuna not even a quarter mile away from the shore on a kayak. That's 25 pounds. They're like, what? You know, that's we are spoiled here, you know. <laughs> Yes, we are. <laughs> on top of that, too, you know, people talk about, oh, I want to get red snapper. Oh, I got to go out on a boat. You can just go right off the end of Navarre Pier in a kayak, drop down at the reefs, and you're going to pull a red snapper. You're going to pull a mingo. You're, you're, uh, there's <laughs> yeah. a ton of fish just right off the pier mm -hmm. at the, all the reefs that the divers are. And, you know, you just got to share the space. But, you know, you're here, if you're here in the surf, you're going to catch whiting, pompano, bluefish, Spanish. Oh, good. Uh, black drum red drum flounder I mean, the list goes on and on it's just you never know what's gonna happen that's yeah. one of my joys of living here like going on that pier i never know what i'm gonna see yeah um yeah. We're, we're becoming a known secret now we're, we're starting to get i mean the the tourism has definitely increased significantly and with social media it's only gotten bigger you know we got uh, uh people all over the all over the country in the world you know that they, they hear about this and all of a sudden they start coming down like oh i'm gonna catch a tuna in winter yeah you very well could yeah you know there's there's so many great options for fishing here and it's, it's we're very fortunate oh it's crazy man like um even though like i haven't really fished most places we like it's just crazy to think of like we can get tarpon cobia anything any fish you can imagine except for like you know the rooster fish or marlin or it it depends but the stuff you can catch from the surf here and the pier there's nothing quite like it at all. Yeah, buddy. It's good stuff. Well, now that we've nailed your craziest, what is a bucket list fish that you wish to catch? Gosh, bucket list fish. I'll tell you right now. Since I got in the and then the, the kayak fishing a couple times, uh, maybe about 10 years ago or less, they were catching Wahoo off the bar from the kayaks. A um, couple people did. Uh, I don't remember their names, but uh, my buddy Calvin Martin was telling me about them. But yeah, a Wahoo from the kayak, I think, would be pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> I, I watched the, I don't know if you ever watched them, like them, uh, them Hawaii videos or the Australia videos. Um, there's a lot of people who catch the Wahoo from the kayak, and it looks insane having a fish rip, drag that hard. Yeah, it's. But yeah, a wahoo from the kayak, definitely bucket list fish. Okay. For me. 
What about you? What, what's a bucket list fish to catch whoa, off the Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not talking about me. I want to know because <laughs> I know you like that black fin. I know you want that black fin from the I, surf. I would love a BFT from the surf. Um, Actually, one thing that I would love to catch that I know is possible would be a cobia from the beach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They are a little further out, and I know that they're not exactly going to come jumping out of set rig. But, uh, you know, if I can get a lure out there far enough and maybe be able to play the game a little bit, that's uh, a Kobe would be definitely be a bucket list monster for me. That Yeah, that's just from the beach. So, you know, you know my uh, my old coworker, uh, my buddy, Kyle Rorig, uh-huh. he's got one from the beach. Really? Yeah. You never told you about that? No, barely but, legal, but what does the man not catch? Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. <laughs> I mean, he's a the dude is a hell of an angler and, yeah, yeah. and a great guy, but he, the dude is really, really good at what he does. Taught me how to peer fish, really. Did he? Was, he? Yeah. Yeah. The guy. yeah there's, there's not many people when it comes to peer that, you know, I hear peer fishing in Navarre. Him and you are probably the first two that I always think of. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. um, it's not for everybody, man. You got to. Yeah. I don't want to, but you kind of got to like fit in. You kind of, they'll, they'll, they'll take you in, you know, but it's, um, I'm gonna tell you right now, like some of the best fishermen I know and some of the best fishermen who are like captains and Destin all started from the pier. You know, there's a lot you can learn and see how fish behave and see what they like from sitting on that pier and just watching, you know, um, we're going to get you into it. I know I will. That's I'm determined. See, I will go on the pier if I go with you guys, because I, I'm, I understand the etiquette, but mm-hmm. going out there on my own, I'm not going to be, that's not my thing. I'm not going to get in their bubble. That's their bubble. You do you. I'm going to be happy down here in the surf line. We'll get there. But yes, I will go with you on the pier. I will happily come out there sometime. It's, well, uh, you can't, you, man, you go gotta on. say, you gotta be like, screw it. You gotta be like, I'm catching this fish. Don't don't care about anybody behind but beside you, but it's uh it's if you understand it and you come out there and I kind of show you like you know it's not that intimidating. They make it seem intimidating, but it's really not as bad as you think it is. I think. See, it's not the intimidation factor. That's not what worries mm-hmm. me. If we're being fully honest here, what worries me is my oh, response. Let's go. Uh, oh yeah, it, yeah. Is my response. That's I, that I is where. That that I know is my downfall, and I've but, I've accepted, embraced my my little problems and my slight bit <laughs> of anger and uh, the inability to control my mouth sometimes when pushed. But that knowing that it's like, look, why put yourself in that situation? Everyone's out there to normally have a good time, and you're gonna have the one d bag that you're gonna be like, look, dude, I'm really not in the mood, and I really don't want to burn my one anger management card on you. So <laughs> you I'm gonna what? go this way, you go that way. Yeah, <laughs> I um. A lot of people come to the store and they're like talking about want to go fishing on the pier. I wouldn't recommend going pier fishing if you're like coming here to visit Florida and you want to have a good time. I would always recommend surf fishing for people. Um, oh, yeah. Just because, you know, the pier, is there is going to be people running around throwing over your set lines. I'm sorry. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you just like, again, just want to catch fish, if you're coming down here, Stop by Half Fish Navarre. Talk to talk to one of us. We'll get you set up, you know, for that surf. And you guys are really good at that. And there's been so many awesome improvements with Half Hitch Navarre for the surf side that I mean you can get everything. You can get the gear. Oh, yeah. You can get the tackle. You're you're good to go. You can get lures. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there is zero in reality to really worry about. You walk in and you're ready to rock and roll. So 
that that was uh, that's one of my favorite things about that especially being so so close to the beach i mean you can't ask for something better but uh we're actually just hit the 20 minute mark here so oh god it's bye yeah it's quick man it's quick so we're gonna go ahead and knock out our very first bait check of the episode It is your first bait check of the episode. Hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish by now. And if you haven't, why? What's going on? Let's check that bait. Make sure you still got it. Maybe you need to switch it up. Maybe you need to change a different style, different scent, different flavor. Maybe you need to use something else other than shrimp. Maybe crabbies. Who knows? Get it back out there and go fish. This bait check is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Head on over to thesinkerguy.com and take a look at everything that Chip's got going on in The Sinker Guy Garage. Need sinkers? It's in his name. You can get them. Easy day. Maybe you need some terminal tackle. Yep, he's got those too. What about the Bruno rig? We don't talk about Bruno. Kind of heard about that big thing. Been going on. Really good rig. The fishing mortician, he's got it in there with the snoods. Just about anything you might need, he's got you set up. So again, head on over to thesinkerguy.com. Get your order in today. you because that's the most important thing that's why everybody comes here they want to learn man they want to learn so for you how do you plan your beach fishing trips here i was like you muted me um but (laughs) um weather i think uh so okay i look at weather mainly i know a lot of people want to look at tides and moon phases and all this junk. But um, what I'm really looking for is that surf height and what the water's looking like. I won't fish the surf if it's complete mud, you know, because I ain't trying to get a million catfishes. I'll, I'll have something better to do. But I like uh, I like it pretty rough um, where probably about maybe two to three in the surf. Not enough where I got to put a four ounce Sputnik on and without my lead dragging across the entire surf. But I try to look for a little bit silty water. And and then when I go down the beach, I I usually go to Navarre because I'm lazy. I don't feel like driving to Opal and um, all the other places. But I usually go to that last pavilion. Um, you know what I'm talking about uh, with the kayak ramp. Yeah. I like walking east. And there's a... The beach is not too hard to read. Um, I look for a hole, which is obviously when the waves are not crashing as hard. Um, you could so when the when I mean by holes is like if you look at the beach, just look at the waves, especially on the rough days, they're easier to see. But the the waves will crash really hard and really quickly where it's shallow, and then kind of where it's calm is a nice hole, and that's usually a good spot to be. Or um, I don't know the proper name, but like, you know how there's like a rip current and then like a little spot in the sand that kind of goes out into the side of it. Yeah, you know the what? Cut. The cut. That's a good place. I like putting the rig right there really in the surf. But um, I guess when I'm surf fishing, I really only bring like three rods with me. I don't, I don't know. I don't like bringing like, I don't like being that guy who brings like seven rods on the beach and spreading them out 20 yards a piece. I, but I bring three rods. Um, I usually do them three different distances and I really, man, I, I'm, the, I'm bad about like when I know something that works, that's all I use. 
Like, I don't really fool around with testing new stuff. So, really, I'm going to tell you all I use are orange and white sand fleas, color fish bites. And I'll tell you exactly why. You probably know why. Because it's because sand fleas, when they're uh, spawning, their eggs are orange. And um, so, I like using orange and white sand flea, usually with a white or orange uh, float for the, the uh, pompano rig. But the uh, I always like using live sand fleas. I'm too lazy to pump ghost shrimp. I've actually never <laughs> really tried to because I don't know. <laughs> but uh, raking sand fleas, I usually rake sand fleas. But I like putting that. Uh, I like finding a nice small sand flea. I don't use the monster sand fleas, but a nice small one. And then I put that on my hook and use that uh, orange and white fish bite to kind of lock it in. Um, you know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, but. I think a lot of people mess up, especially when they come in the store. They think they got a cast to the to Cuba when they're fishing the surf. You, I don't think a lot of people realize these pompano are going to be swimming like in the trough to your feet. They're not going to. Yes, it's good to put out a long range rod and see where they're at, but a lot of the times you can just lob it off the beach. You don't got to throw as far as you can. Just kind of lob it off the beach, put three different distances with your rods, find where these fish are, and then adjust accordingly. You know, there's a couple of cool things you mentioned there. So the orange and white is one of the greatest little visual advantages that come with that bait, and the yeah. scent is always is always really, really good. Uh, and sand fleas are such a, I don't want to say universal bait, but it's so useful here. I mean, it is just, it's, it's hard not to want to, to use it because it's so readily available. You know, if you're, if you're in an area where there's enough of a sand flea presence, you you throw it out there, you're probably going to hook up. No problem on that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny because we're doing this and I'm going to say this, we've got a couple of viewers uh, in the background sitting here of the show that are kind of watching from the green room here. Uh, <laughs> one of them is rich King from DS custom tackle. He just put a comment. And he's like, uh, he needs my flea floats. And I was like, oh, <laughs> might not be a bad float. I'll have to bring him some. Oh, so there's yeah, some. there's, there, there's some really cool pieces here that, you know, come together with that. So yeah, I totally get where you're going and you nailed a, you nailed it right there with the next question about uh, spot selection. So mm-hmm. let, let's actually talk about the gear setup. Uh, and you talked earlier about the rigs, you know, you're going to use a, you said, what was it? It was uh, frisky and salty. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about the rigs, throwing that all together. Do you do anything else? Because I know that you use lures. I know that's one of yeah. your favorite things is to throw lures. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about throwing lures in the surf. All what, right. what, do you, what do you jump into <laughs> and what do you what do you really like utilizing? So, yeah. So to be quite honest with you, Brian, I'm not much of a set rig person. When I when I do set rig, no, <laughs> I'm going to be. Never guess that. <laughs> if i'm surf fishing now it's gonna be like sight fishing but um my go-to there have so many different names you know you're gonna know what i'm talking about i call them banana jigs people call them goofy jigs i've seen people call them silly willies there's a million different names for them what it is is kind of like a lead weight with a little fly teaser and um like pompano candy they cannot stand this when you bounce that off the, the, the sand. Um, and when I'm looking, so my perfect day for like pompano fishing off the surf, um, sight fishing, 
is it's got to be like a north wind. North wind is good. If you if um, you don't know if you're from here from Navarre, north wind is what usually gives us clear water. So when that north wind starts pushing, that clears that mud out and it makes the it lays down the beach, what makes the you, you know the waves slap. Most of our waves here are wind. Um, so that north wind is going to lay down that water and it's going to be nice and clear and that nice emerald green. I like walking down the beach. Um, but the pompano, they'll flash. They'll kind of like do, sometimes you don't even see the actual fish. You're seeing their flashes and that's what you want to throw at. But that little banana jig, I like tipping that teaser with the little pompano jig. And that's probably my go-to for pompano. And you know, a redfish is going to eat it. It's not strictly for pompano. It's, it could be redfish, black drum, you know? So you're talking about, so like the goofy jig, banana jig. So you, yeah. how do you tie yours? Like, do you keep the weight on the bottom and then the teaser on that, that same loop or do you have it as another dropper? Okay. So how I do it and how I learned to do it was something you want to tie something called a loop knot okay. with, with a loop knot. It's uh you have the, I wish I could like have my camera on so I could show you, but with the, <laughs> You get the lead and the teaser. So the, okay, this is a good way to explain it. So the hook of the lead is going to say like go, going to the right and the teaser hook is going to be going to the, the, the left. So it's going to be opposite facing with the teasers. And with that loop, you tie it together. And when you, so that teaser goes up and down when you jig it. So the, the, um, it's not tied together when you tie it, it it's free floating. Okay. So I'm kind of tracking on that with the free floating. So you're mentioning there, so you tip it. What do you, you kind of threw me there. Let's back up a little bit. What do you tip it with? A sand flea, man. You're, you're, you're throwing a sand. Wait, so you're throwing the sand flea on the weighted side or on the teaser side? On the teaser side. Oh, you dirty girl. Dude. <laughs> like if you want to catch Pompano from a pier and a, you uh, tipping that sand to tipping a sand flea on anything. Really? Like I'll tip sand fleas on my, uh, I call them a fluke for the uh, black drum and stuff. That's how we, uh, that's how you get a bite. You know, there's nothing, there's no better bait than the real thing. <laughs> well, you're the first. So the normal that I've always heard of tipping uh, when it comes to these is you, you tip the weighted side. Okay. Uh, with a sand flea or fish bites. So you're the first one to mention putting it on the teaser. And that's even mm -hmm. better in my opinion, because as you're throwing the weight, you know, and you're jigging it and you're pulling that weight's doing its normal, it's normal hop up, you know, it's, it's doing a skid across to make it look like a shrimp, just spun something up in the sand. It's, it's very, very visual. And again, this is a very reaction strike lure. You know, you're, you're hoping that Pompano is pissed and going to just munch it down. So, but throwing a sand flea on there as you're doing the pullback, with it coming up and then going back down. Now you've created two things. You've created anger with that. And now they see a food source. So now they're attacking. I've never thought to put it on the teaser. It's friggin' brilliant, dude. But really uh, good move. It's gotta be a, a really small one. I, oh uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like the, I've never, have you ever had any luck on like the big sand fleas? Yeah. Okay. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So full disclosure. 99% of the time, yes, I'm using the olive sizes, mm -hmm. but, oh, I shouldn't give this tip away. Oh, well, I'm oh. Gonna. Um, I will take the big one and I'll put it on, basically, I'll put a Carolina rig or a oh, fish that... rig 
and I throw it out and let it sit within the first cut. So within the first 50 yards, I'm just lobbing that one because you know how they are. They do those things come up close. You stole my thunder. I was literally <laughs> just about to mention that. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but throwing that, you know, those bigger fleas, even in that short zone, uh, you're still getting these fish that are going to come up because Pompano, yeah, they're tall, but they'll flip. You know, they can fly. They can fly on their side. It's not uncommon. So throwing a big one's sparingly, but I'll throw it in the first trough in that first zone and let something big come and just tear it up. Yeah. Um, God dang it, because I was just about to mention that. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. So, <laughs> like, for off the surf, man, um, if I'm not using jigs, a very uh, generous person told me this um, who's been fishing forever. The, he says the best thing to use if you're sight fishing redfish, pompano, black drum is a Carolina rig sand flea. And what he does, a little secret I'm going to give y'all, is he powder coats that lead weight to be white. So when he drags it, he says a lot of times, I've tried it before, when you throw in front of fish, sometimes they're going to spook out, but a lot of times they'll come back, kind of like a reaction to it. If you kind of reel that egg weight through the sand puffing up that sand it's going to see that sand flea dangling behind it man and they cannot stand it i would say like when you're sight fishing on the beach and you see these redfish and you throw like something like a little three inch swim bait at them or a pump no jig being honest you got like a 30 percent to 40 percent chance of that thing eating it's um a fish has got to be hungry but giving it a sand flea it's almost like you up your chances quite a bit by doing it i like throwing lures but if i if i want to go out there and i want to catch like something off the beach and i know there's going to be fish out there i will bring a rake with me and rake up some sand fleas so besides the goofy jig what because uh, i know that's strictly pomp well pompano and red more more so pompano than yeah yeah red. but what else are you throwing out there what are you preferring so what i like to throw is um off the pier, we call it a fluke. Um, you might know what I'm talking about. Is It's kind of like you throw a little egg weight, or not egg weight, sorry, a little jig head with a white um, soft plastic on the end, and it's it, the tail swings back and forth. And what I like to do is put some Procure on it, and it's pretty much just like a little swim bait. Um, a fluke, best way to explain it, because um, it's like a jerk bait what a jerk bait is like a soft plastic jerk bait. Um, okay. And the white color with, and load that thing down with procure. Just, just drench it. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring you some of the fish bites things. Oh, whoa, whoa. What are, what are we talking about now? What? You don't know about this? Oh, what is this? Failed as a friend. Oh my gosh. I am so sorry. You got some stink. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, so my fish goodness. bites. If you go after the show, this isn't, Easy plug. Uh, go to fishbites.com and pull up the Dirty Boxer series. And okay. dude, it's basically a fish bite swim bait. Completely. Passive. What? Yes. That's what I've, I've, dude, I have mentioned so many times. Like, can you get some of these fish bites things in the shop? Because I have to get mine from them back there in Jacksonville or over in uh, St. Augustine. I have to go get it from fishbites.com. Yes. Good yeah. Lord, why don't you show me this? I brought them in before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've given them to I'm, him. I got it on my second monitor right now. I mean, I've got some, so I'll bring you some. It's for you to try out. But, dude, like using that inshore for 
I, I've caught a bunch of reds on it. That that paddle tail, the squiggly tail, all of it, the, all those types. And you can, you, you can already see those. You can use those on the pier, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just emitting. It, it's constant scent. It, mm-hmm. That's all. It, it's constant and they're tough. That's they're important, man. Strong. Scent is really uh, missed out. Um, black drum, redfish, cobia too. Scent is big. Um, it makes a big difference. If you scroll down a little too, did you see the grubs? Well, I closed it. <laughs> Give me one second. <laughs> Dirty box. Yeah, so they've got these new really They got new... paddle tails too. What are you not Dude, showing they got, me? They have it all, man. Like this is I'm gonna have to bring my pot that uh fish bites episode for you to listen to. Uh Brett talks about all the products. But yeah, that stuff, dude, it's it is a damn good bait. It's got plenty of stink in it. It's got, it's just, you can use it for just about any application. And I think there's going to be some new ones. Wouldn't shock me, but yeah, they're going to be good to go. Really, mm. really good. So I see I that will... uh, jerk bait now. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm throwing on that. What I was talking about. Um, that's pretty much exactly what it looks like on a jerk. Okay. Yeah. So uh-huh. that's talking about, so the big lures on that. Now, what size kind of, cause I mean, you got to throw some distance in this. What kind of uh, weighted head are you using? So off the pier, I like to use one and a half ounce for my jig heads, uh, for Bonita t- tuna. Um, off the surf, I like throwing like three quarter, one ounce. Um, but off the pier distance is everything. One and a half ounce, one and a half ounce, uh, Z-Man headlocks. I don't know if you ever heard of the head- headlocks jigs. Those are probably one of my favorite jig heads. Those are the screw, right? The little corkscrew at the very end there at the tip. They, I think they do. Yes, but they're okay. kind of silver and bullet shaped. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah I have yep. seen those. Yeah. That is a great jig head. Um, for what their hooks are super strong. I've caught tarpon off their hooks. You know, it's um their hooks are incredible. But you start talking about tarpon and all they, I remember was the last year's conversation with him about hey, it hooked up and that counts. What, what are we talking about? Uh, last year, Kyle was talking about catching tarpon off the pier. And he's like, dude, I hooked up. That was good enough for me. And I was like, "How? Did, what, oh, what do you mean? He's like, dude, you're not going to pull a tarpon up. There's, it, It's not going to happen. Not even no. a little up here. Because we get the monsters. You guys get after the super big shinies. Oh, and as usual, I, yeah. People, um, our tarpon are like 100 pounds plus. You're not running into one under that. It's... Yeah, we get the to... big migratory females who are full of eggs. You know, they're fully mature and they're, they're not, they're your little 20 pound, little 15 pound, little tarpon you're seeing down in South Florida. They're these monsters and not really too many people talk about tarpon here. It's no. pretty kept secret. When people think of tarpon, they're thinking of Keys, South Florida, but we got them here and we got a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can hook up, but I mean, it's again, a fish of a lifetime, and it's going to be a fight. So I'm, I'm sure you and I are going to get some hate. Like, why'd you talk about it? Oh, come on. We're not oh. the first, and we won't be the last. Don't yeah. don't get all lippy and butthurt. Oh, we're, we're getting you it. a tarpon. Oh, you, know, you know, the pier is probably the safest bet for me for fishing, considering it's so solid surface, because I've walked on the beach, and both times, well, three times now I've been out to the beach, it has been nothing but pain. And it's oh, like, yeah. oh my god, I can't do this. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna need to catch up with you one of these days to go onto the onto the old hard surface. But now uh another 20 minutes just flew by. Yeah, man. 
Isn't it crazy? Is it's nuts it's how fast crazy. that happens, isn't it? Well, in that case, because it is our second one of the episode, we're gonna <laughs> knock out our next paycheck. This second bay check of the episode. Oh, yeah, baby. Hopefully, you've got a bunch of fish by now. You're good. Everything's golden. You're going home and you're listening to the podcast in the car. That would be the most bestest part. If not, change bait, change spots, do something different. Something needs to happen. You could throw a jig head with a fish bite on there. Kind of like what we're talking about. Who knows? But anyway, this bait check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Head on over to ninjatackleva.com and look at all the ridiculously cool stuff. That is there. Need that new travel rod? Four pieces, seven feet. Love that thing. I've had it out. I am thrilled throwing it. It throws a one ounce beautifully, and I am launching it. So I love that rod. That is going to live in my car and go with me everywhere so I don't have an excuse not to fish. Or you need the one-piece seven-footer all the way up to the 12-foot Ninja Daggers. The whole series, he's got them. Maybe you need some Accios reels. Why, he's got that too. Lots of good things in there. Bait, terminal tackle pieces that you need to go from that if you're a shooter he's got firearms optics and other firearm accessories lots of cool things in there so head on over to ninjatackleva.com get your order in today so we've nailed a bunch of your questions dude you've been crushing it um and this question i think <laughs> i know what your answer is going to be but i'm going to ask it anyway how do you adjust your tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire okay are we strictly talking surf or like pier kayak preferably surf yeah let's stay preferably on the surf because we'll, we'll, okay. uh, i mean the pier you really don't have too many options mm -hmm. but in the beach you got plenty so what are you, what are you doing hmm. i think a lot of people like let's say you're in a spot let's say you got your lines out and you don't get a bite in 20 30 minutes I, you gotta move on you gotta move um if it's moving 100 yards down the beach or moving to another beach, going like let's say you're Navarre and you go down to Opal. Um, if you really want to get a fish, you got to move, um, look for new holes because these fish, especially like redfish, sometimes pompano, they, they're going to stick in those holes and they're, they're going to be not living in the holes, but they stick around because there's bait down there and they're going to be where the bait is. So find new holes, fish new holes. Um, just read the beach. Sometimes it's nice, like again, if you want to look. What I do if I want to look for good places to throw some set rods is when I walk down the beach, I bring my phone with me and I mark. I'm like, hey, this is a cool spot I want to try out. You know, that's important. Yeah, the marking, and we've got so many apps for that now. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's, there's no, no, I'm going to say it. There's no excuse not to mark it in your own phone for you know, to go back. Um, mm -hmm. If anyone ever steals my phone, and you open up the maps, uh, you're going to find pins dropped along the beach with fish tags. Because, I mean, that was before I was using fish rules when they were having their part where you could mark it in their fishing points or any of that stuff. But, yeah, marking those spots is such a huge advantage for later. And it's you're just building a database. So you know, hey, last year I caught this with this with this. And the next year you already know where you were, what you used and how you did it. You give yes, yourself yes. such an advantage. I think um I'm starting to do it now, but record what you're doing. Not necessarily by video, but maybe have a journal or a notepad. Write down what you were using that day. Write down what fish you were seeing. You know, it can be a hassle, but in the long run, that is really cool to look back on. Um, I take pictures all, of all the fish I catch with the lures pretty much from the pier. And I'll get, especially with like, I don't know if you use Snapchat or Instagram, you'll get memories like, oh, last year we caught 
this on this day, maybe, uh, and it, it's kind of, especially here in Navarre, most of our fish are migratory. Um, Pompano, um, black drum, they're, you know, they're migrating. This isn't their, a lot of them, this isn't their permanent stop. So it's going to be pretty consistent within the years of like, especially Pompano. It's always usually mid-March to mid, well, like early April, mid-April, that's when it's really going hard. But, you know, it's going to be pretty consistent about that time. I actually think we're going to get it early. Do you see the oh, water yeah. temperature today? It's almost 70 yeah. degrees, dude. That was ridiculous. And that's not necessarily a good thing, too. No, it's not. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's really not because I, I, I dread I dread it, but I know it'll happen because there's there's no choice. It has to happen. But that stupid tide is coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of old timers will say this off the pier is uh, they like that water to stay cool during the spring until like about mid to late March. Because a lot of them say that the cobia, when the water warms up too much, they'll migrate offshore more than be sticking on the beach because what cobia they're looking for is warm water so when it's cooler you know they're going to be up next to the, the, the beach where their backs are out of the water and they can feel that sun but if that water is so warm they don't need to they can stay offshore so and we've had a really i mean you've seen it we've had a really funky winter oh god I mean, <laughs> the, the the tuna came on time slightly late the Kings have shown up early I that mean, you know of <laughs> fair, uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the social media world. Yeah. Well, a lot of these fish were all just kind of, it's, it's in a funky one, but also we were catching, I mean, we we're catching bonefish from the beach. Yeah. We don't normally catch that here. Puppy mm -hmm. drum. We don't catch puppy drum. Like yeah, we've yeah. been catching them this year. This is a Tasty. really weird year. Mm -hmm. Um, black fin, especially, um, where last year I would say we did see more fish. It not gonna say like we had a we had a great year. Like again, five, six years ago, catching blackfin, the mount we do here was crazy. And the mount we're catching right now is ridiculous. But um yeah, like a lot of people try to predict it with uh, the cold fronts and they'll say these moon phases and everybody points out these fancy words, but to me, you just got to fish as much as you can. There's no, like, yeah, people will say neap tides, you can't catch fish in. Full moons, you can't catch fish in. There's, Hold my beer, watch this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's You got to, if there's fish, there's fish. That's, when there's fish around, there's fish around. Like today, we're seeing cow rays, we're seeing black drum coming through. There's fish here, so you need to fish. It's not, hey, high tides at 9.30, so let's, let's hit the beach at 9.30 because that's probably where we're going to catch a fish. No, you just got to be out there. That's the one thing that I think I, I have the biggest struggle. So I personally, I am an afternoon into evening fisherman. <laughs> that's my, mm -hmm. um, I'd love to make an excuse. I'm just lazy. I don't like getting mm -hmm. up early, man. I've did it for too many years. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm, I'm old and slow and I like my slow turtle getting out, having a cup of coffee, getting my day started. So I, I am definitely more on that side of the, of the house, but it is, as long as you're out there crushing, dude, you're doing it and you're getting the knowledge. So mm -hmm. I, I love that you're doing it like that. 
I, I haven't seen you shy away from fishing since I've known you. Dude, it's it's a sickness. <laughs> it's like you know, I don't want like I don't want to go to work sometimes because I'm like, Amber, you know, there's fish and I can't come. I can't. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> can't like I'll, I'll be going to work. I got my kayak on my roof full of blackfin blood from the morning. And then I'll be, which is a great thing, you know, because you can catch these tuna 730, go to work. <laughs> and you're well, the only and that's the only time you can or you can in the evening. But it, like I was going to go out this year when like we talked about, I was going to go out in the kayak with you. Mm-hmm. you know i knew it it's like hey look we have to be out first light all right it is what it is you're going after it but like the beach side i'm all yeah i can wait till the afternoon for the evening bite. i don't need the morning bite but yeah there you're right man there's certain fish too you just don't have that choice if you want that species oh your ass better be out there before the sun came up i'll tell you what man the tuna are probably the most consistent fish we've had all year um of like the way they act like i'll tell you what if i'm not getting a bite by seven o'clock i'm already on the beach I know, like, there's there's no point in me to be out there. Um, and the people be like, oh, I've caught one at 8 o'clock. Well, yeah, but 90%, per- I would, <laughs> every single fish I caught this year was before 7 o'clock. I I've, believe it. I've caught 10 off the kayak this year, um, which that's, I know that's kayak fishing, you're surf fishing, but yeah. that's. Have these. but i'm excited to get you in there man because the tuna if so when they're what like i was saying when there's fish there's fish but the tuna it was like when they're out there they're gonna be out there don't matter with cold front moon whatever if there's fish out there and there's bait out there they're gonna be out there it like we'll all hook up and we'll all catch a fish and we'll come back to shore and there'll be that one guy. They're like, oh man, I didn't get one. And then I look at him, he's using steel leader and a yeah. frozen cigar in And I'm like, well, <laughs> I hate to why. say it, buddy, but <laughs> so. You know that eye, you know, that big ass eye they have? <laughs> yeah. <some> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, Neil, the last question in this topic here. So let's talk about seasons because you and I play this one quite a bit. And okay. for me, um, I think you might agree. I'll ask too, but I think midsummer, midwinter, absolute worst times to fish here. Okay. From the beach. From the beach. From the beach. Before you get, before you go, <laughs> I saw where you were going there. But uh, that's how I feel. Uh, fall and spring, by all means, our dynamite lights out. But for seasonal info for you, what have you noticed between all the four seasons? Like what kind of fish we're catching? Yeah, sure. What I mean, anything on that one. I mean, basically, summer info, fall, winter, baits, tackle, time of day. What have you noticed has been kind of the trend for you? Um, so like winter time, winter time is like my everybody's like slow time. You know, it's the time to buy tackle, really, because that's really all you can do. Yeah, stock um, up while you can. <laughs> but um, you know, we have the tuna this winter. That's something. But before that, you know, it was uh you've done it before catching bonita off the beach that's something really fun to do when they're there in the mornings catching bonita i'm not surf fishing off the beach in winter i'm not catching whiting i'm sorry but it's not your jam you've said it before it's not your thing (laughs) um winter and then going to uh spring time which is right now which is uh that's when everything starts coming Springtime is everything starts migrating. King mackerel, pompano, everything starts lighting up. People migrate down here. Everything's down here. Um, springtime, that's 
I like Pompano. I like catching Pompano on the pier. You know, I don't mind going down to the Pompano hole on the pier and catching Pompano when it's Kobe season. I love. Don't I, talk about the hole. The hole. <laughs> people don't know about that. I don't think not too many people do. Oh, but yeah. And then the summer, I don't. I'm not getting weeds off my my rig 24 hours, and I can't. As soon as there's a single. Um, piece of grass on my on my uh, rig. I'm nope packing up. I'm going. I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> and I'll hit the pier. That's you know fair. that Ju- we call it June grass. Yep, the June grass com- comes in June. <laughs> comes in every, June, leaves in October every year, and it stinks and it ruins your day. <laughs> but that that is one cool thing you do though is that you have the pier because the June grass doesn't always cover the entire pier. I mean. Mm-hmm. You can go to the, you can get down to the octagon and be completely clear of it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, again, when I was, I'm talking about consistency, it's going to be like that every year. You know, uh, people come to the store and they're like, man, I've never seen grass this bad. Or I'm like, it's, it happens every year. It's like, or, <laughs> you know, people's, it's like, this was going to happen. Like when the jellyfish come in, they're like, I've never seen this amount of jellyfish. I'm like, well, it's it happens every year, but <laughs> well, the purple meanies were a weird one this year. That was What's a cool that? chain. The purple, purple ones, the purple meanies, I think they're called. Mm. They were uh, the big, they were like the big ones that look like a giant basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are, Those, yeah, I don't want that. Was a that was a first for me. I was like, well, I didn't see you last year. Hello. So that was kind of a cool change to see. But yeah, we had right, a so got you on that. Speaking about jellyfish, we had somebody come in the store. They're like, you, you know what this is? And you know exactly <gasps> no, what this is. It was like a... Oh, they didn't bring it in. <laughs> no, that oh, good. Been, I was, oh. No, but they took a picture of this. They're like, what is this thing? I'm like, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's a Portuguese man of war, which is mm-hmm. incredibly dangerous. And um, they're like, like so dangerous where if it gets on you, it's going to it's gonna hurt. You might. Yeah, a lot. Especially like what I didn't know when I first moved here is like I uh, had a jellyfish go through my line, not a man of war, thank God, but it was a regular jellyfish. I'm like, oh man, they got all my line. So I'm getting my hands, getting it all over my line and it will, it will get you. It it does not feel good. Yep. That's a, it's one of the reasons I sometimes when I'm clearing goo off, I wear gloves now because I, I yeah. too learned about yep. the long lasting <laughs> stinger of um, jackassery known as a jellyfish. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, it sucks. So you nailed all these parts. Um, and I'm actually going to go ahead and skip that other section right there. And we're going to go right to the bottom. Let's talk about this. Um, I know you're not going to be making rods right now until mm-hmm. uh, April and later, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about you, you getting into these custom rods and making pure rods and other ones for uh, for people. What yeah. made you want to start making rods? So there used to be a rod builder here in Pensacola. His name is Obi Hill for Fast Cast Custom Rods. He was a real popular rod builder here, and um, he recently retired. Now there's nobody who does it. <laughs> and I uh, I was like, well, I got nobody to build my rods, so I guess what, what's the old saying? Um, if you want it done right, you can do it yourself. So that's kind of what I did, and I just started making these rods for myself. And I, to be honest, I wasn't that good. And I made these rods, and um, I eventually got better at it. And people started noticing, they're like, 
where'd you get that wrong? They're like, oh, I made it. They're like, you make me one? And then, especially from the pier, somebody hears you built a rod for them. They're like, well, can I get one? And it was just like snowballed into, hey, I'm making rods for all these people. And I really appreciate that. Um, I don't know if you know a lot of jig makers or people. I get a real kick of people using something I made. That means a lot to me for somebody to catch a fish on something I built with my hands. Um, that's part of the reason why I do do it for people is I like giving something somebody will use the entire life, hopefully hand down to their kids, catch memories on that. That means a lot to me, but um, custom rods, man, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. I remember, I didn't even know those existed. I thought when I first moved in, I thought you had to get a rod from a tackle store. And I was like, what? They, you could make them. <laughs> like I, I, when you show somebody, when I tell like one of my family members are like, you make rods. They're like, what, what does that mean? And I show them the rod blank and the guys like you get to choose all of that. I was like, you can do whatever. So, but there's, you can do and think of anything you want with a rod you can pretty much do like anything you see like you want to do foam you want to do carbon fiber you want to do cork you can do anything you can think of with it and that is the fun part with customization i mean string designs paint all that stuff it's mm -hmm. all doable so that that's it's definitely a, a work of art after they're done and i love seeing yours i've seen them in the shop there at uh yeah at half hitch i'm loving seeing how you've been building your rods and pieces like that so with that one also because we've i've asked you this question in the shop mm -hmm. but uh is there uh has there been a favorite rod series or anything like that for you to make so you probably know this because you, you told me when you went to icast you're right next to them but my favorite favorite company right now is american tackle um i'm part of the uh, american tackle pro staff and american tackle is by far probably the coolest technology I've seen with um, rods. Uh, a whole a big thing now is carbon fiber rods, and they make uh, these great all carbon fiber rods that I've I don't know if I've given you one, but it doesn't even, it feels like a feather is in your hand. Is that the one that you handed me? I actually I think you did. You handed me the blank, and you uh, you showed me the ridiculous amount of bend where I'm like, you can stop. Anytime oh you no, stop, not I'm yeah. bending <laughs> this ridiculously expensive piece of uh, stick here. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, American Tackle, my absolute favorite. They have a line called Bushido, and uh, it's carbon fiber. You, I'll, I'll, you probably, if you went over to the American Tackle stand, you, you might have saw, saw my iCast. Um, oh, see, I'll, I fully will admit this. I walked up to the American Tackle uh, guys, and they were wonderful. They were willing to talk <laughs> to me, and uh, I was overwhelmed by everything I saw that I happily just did the nod, agree, smile, like, thank you, I'm going to yeah. go away from you because I don't, I'm not worthy to have this conversation. But you're right, man, they've got, they've got everything you need to make rods. It's, mm -hmm. it's a cornucopia. You want, you know, whatever kind of rod you want, however you want to build, whatever you need, they've got it in-house for you to order. It, it's ridiculous. Yep. By far the best customer service too. Um, and going into also while I was talking about how I got into um, custom rod building is I'm a huge gear nut. I'm a huge gear nerd. Like I like looking at specs of reels and specs of rods and new lures coming out. And I love that. And if you're a gear nut like me, you will absolutely love rod building because it is a whole nother world of just fishing stuff. Cause 
when when you start building rods, you start um, looking at things differently when it comes to tackle. You start seeing stuff what is more important. I can go into half itch right now and look at rods, see if they're splined right, see if there's gaps in the thread, see how well their epoxy work is done. And to someone who's not the untrained eye, they don't really see that. I can I can show you, Brian, a good rod versus a bad rod. Um, it's there's so much to it, which I really enjoy. And with the pier, especially it's hard to get um, the rods we need because we, we, we do such a niche fishing, same thing with surf fishing. It's such a, like the fishing we do, at least it's a niche nine to 10 foot rods are hard to really come by. That was something that I unfortunately learned the hard way at iCast. But while we're talking about that, we actually have to pause for a quick second because it's been another 20, man. It's been a, we, we've now hit a full hour. We are just crushing it here. It is your third and final bait check of the episode, and hopefully you've caught all the fish. In this hour that you've been out, hopefully you got a bunch, you got some good memories, everything is rocking, rolling for you. But if not, man, you need to go back a couple episodes. We got to figure out something. Something ain't working. We got to fix that. We got to get you fishies. Come on, let's do it. This bait check is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. DSCustomTackle.com. If you need a bunch of stuff, well, hey, they got it. Are you a rig maker? Hey, they do a whole lot of cool stuff for you if you haven't reached out to them yet. They're willing to talk. All you got to do is reach out. You can get your hands on the flea bag, that brand new, wonderful glow-in-the-dark sand flea pattern. Maybe you need the fruit basket. Plenty of good colors on that one. Maybe you need another set for some squiddies or any other jigs. They got you a whole bunch of things in there. So don't hesitate. Go on over to DSCustomTackle.com. Take a look at all the cool stuff that they got on the website. Get your order in. You will not be sorry. I assure you. DSCustomTackle.com. Get it done. So let's see. Now that we've nailed that one, let's see. Where were we? You were finishing up something, and I cut you off, and I apologize. Uh, I have no clue to be honest. <laughs> we both, um, we both <laughs> had our squirrel ADD hit. It's like, yep, yep and on to the next thing. <laughs> so yeah. Um, actually, this is perfect. Is there a specific type of rod you prefer to make, or is it all just 100% custom all through? Ooh, I prefer to make... I love making pier rods because that's, you know, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to get into the kayak rods, but pier slash surf rods because they kind of go hand in hand um, is my ultimate favorite just because I've kind of nailed it down to see like guide concept is a huge thing. Um, I don't know if you know this, but less guides you have on a rod, the farther you're going to throw. The reason why is that you're putting less drag on your line. So when your line shoots through your guides, it's less drag for that line to throw out, but you got to have a happy medium because if you have not enough guides, you'll be throwing more wind knots. It's also more stress on your blank. So you got to find the happy medium of guides and what the proper way to do it. I really don't like um, a lot of people do this on surf rods is they have a lot of like tiny, tiny guides. I think they're called surf guides where they put like 14, 15 guides on a rod and they shrink down really small. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You see it more on conventional style. Yeah. With conventional, it's okay. But with spinning, it's, it, I, it really limits your casting distance in my opinion. And well, um, you're, you're inducing some drag. 
Yeah. Because I mean, you you know it, and like you know, you get that thing off the bottom, off the reel. That thing is just whipping. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that braid is just flipping around, and the only thing to slow it back into its box is going to be the guide. So I see what yep. you're saying. Another important one. I see a lot of people. I know the, this might ruffle your feathers a little bit, but the they uh, they like these 11 and 12 foot ridiculously length rods. And to be honest, you really don't need it. You're at 11 <laughs> foot and a 10 foot. You're going to be casting about the same. If I have one of my rods, that's nine foot with less guides. I could throw just as far as 11 foot or 12 foot. In my opinion, with the, when I, so, okay. So when I build a rod, a lot of people come up to me and they want something stiff that they can horse fish with. I'm like, no, you don't. You want something that is most comfortable to you to throw. Yes. And I recommend that to a lot of people. When they go on the pier, they're like, I need something to horse up cobia or or I want a 10-foot rod to out throw everybody. And I'm like, no, you need a rod that you can throw the best that makes you a better fisherman. You don't need a rod that is stiffer than everybody's or longer. You need something that's perfect for you. Yeah, I can see that completely, especially in the custom one. Yeah. And I, I mean, a perfect example of that is uh, Justin, like Justin Reed mm-hmm. fishing. Justin only uses, he'll use nine footers. He'll use a 10. Yeah. He has a couple of 12s, but man, he is one of the few people that I can see that can throw a nine footer as far as some people can throw a 12, Yeah, but he found the rod that works for him. So with all the talk of custom rods, and like you said, you know, there's so many, we, we've talked about it pretty good here. There's so many different facets and so many things you can add. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you brought up the one part of, hey, look, bring me a rod from the shop or from the wall and I'll show you if it was made right. Or yeah, you, know, yeah. you start to see these things more and more mm-hmm. as you're becoming a rod maker. So I can imagine for you, you know, when you're doing offloading of the inventory from the truck, you're just like, mm, no, Ooh, <laughs> hey, you know, is there, is there certain things that just kind of catch your attention now? Yeah, you know, a good way to like uh, compare that to you could see, you know, when you like first start fishing, you go in a tackle shop and you see a hundred different things. You're like, oh my God, uh, what do I choose from what there's so much different colors and all this. And then when you got you, you start fishing and you see what works and you go in a tackle shop, you're like, what the heck is this? And you like start laughing almost. You're like, who in the world would use this? And you like, you see, that's how I kind of am with rods. It's just like, you, you see what's good and you there's certain companies that do it really good another one um newer company like hands down the best rod you can get for your money um company called bull bay bull bay rods oh yeah bull bay makes some nice rods bull bay is incredible of how well built their rods are i can't emphasize that enough i'm not affiliated with them at all i'm just super impressed about how they build and how they look and how their grips are um, extremely high quality. There's also some rod companies that they charge a lot and they're not like, uh, there's some things where I'm like, mm. um, <laughs> can imagine. Um, but you know, especially now you can get rods for a cheap price that are incredible. Pin is one where you can get a 10 foot surf rod from half hitch. 
for next to nothing. Um, you know, I know Justin Reed uses these. They're great surf rods. I always put them when people come to the store, they want a surf rod. Beach runners. Oh, the beach runner. They're slept Love on. The runner. They're, there's nothing wrong with them. You know, they're, those are great, tanks, fantastic rods. You can beat rods. them up. You can do anything, you know? Well, it's, they're great except for their guides. That's the only thing I hate about them is their guides. The, what, what do you not like about fragile. They're just oh, okay, a little too fragile. That. That's the but, only, other than that, phenomenal. You know how I was saying that uh, less guides you could throw farther? That's something with the beach runner. They don't have too many guides. You can freaking sling stuff with those rods. Yeah. My first, actually, uh, my first surf rod was from Half Hitch. It was the beach runner. Yeah. Yep. It was that with the uh, Shimano. I bought everything right there that mm-hmm. I moved in and, uh, the person that was doing that used to work there she's not now now she's a charter captain she was helping oh, yeah. me out and she was like look dude it depends and she asked me the greatest question she's like uh are you going to be doing this long term or are you just visiting i'm like oh, i live here now she's like okay get away from all this crap come here and then mm-hmm. we really like she broke it down and it was i love all it all my gear was great yeah. except for the except for the pen pursuit rod that magically Decided to go swimming off of Fort Pickens <laughs> and is still uh, missing an action a year and a half later. <laughs> you know, it's it's everybody. Worst stuff yeah. has happened. At least it was a pin pursuit combo and not a van stall. So, oh yeah, and, and you and I have had numerous conversations about the old VSs. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I would uh, I'd lose my mind if I uh, if oh, I lost I, a lot with a I haven't, stall. but I know people have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if anybody ever wants to go snorkeling or scuba diving, just uh, run kind of by the, what, you can go to the reefs or just out of that area. <laughs> there. That you snorkel find... reef right there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where the kayak, dude, you could, I'm sure you could have a whole kayak fishing set up if you start scavenging. <laughs> Probably. I I don't know if it was, I'll have to ask him later, but yakking with Jack, I think he had a rod uh, get pulled off from him there. He was out in that zone. Like, I can't remember <laughs> exactly, but I remember a video where he's like, what the? no and it just <laughs> left his hand <laughs> yeah but so, uh go going ahead. about like looking for a rod um i don't know if you know how to do this splining a rod finding the spline of a rod do you know what that means no never heard of that so a rod has a spline and it has a spine to it a lot of these rods that you're buying and that aren't custom are manufactured overseas and they're not taken care of. so when you when you have a rod blank, there's a certain spline that it, it's comfortable at. And so when you bow that rod, it needs to be on that spline. And that's where it's most comfortable at. So you find that spline and that's where you run the guides along. So it's, um, the, so when you get, um, free, I want you to go to your rods or look up on YouTube, how to spine a rod or spline a rod you kind of move it with your hands and flick it and it'll, the guides, if it's splined, right, it will, the guides will be in line on top vertical into the ceiling. So when you, you uh, flick the rod on your hands, it's, it's, you know, you probably have no idea what I'm saying. No, but, but I'm coming in the shop to see it here. We're, <laughs> we're probably get, we're going to do a follow-up video to this part of the podcast. Oh, yeah. whoa, so keep, okay. keep talking about it because this is going to, it's going to tie into the other one. So keep yeah. going. But, um, cause you know, when you go in the store, you can have five of the same five, let's say five St. Croix. Five of those might be spline wrong or, but one might have the spline, right. You know, it's, 
it's crazy because you think all the rods are saying, but rods come to half hitch. Some of them will have little like epoxy spills on them or like thread. There will be thread gaps in them. You know, there's little things. Not saying that rod's not good, but there's like you could choose a better rod out of all these rods. If that makes sense. It does. I mean, it, it kind of goes with anything. You know, if you if you do something long enough, like for you being a rod maker and you've learned this, you know, these mm-hmm. are things that are just new things that have popped up for you. And now because you're behind that, you can see it when you're there. You know, somebody's a mechanic or yes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or a chef. People are, you know, if you're really honed in on your industry, yep. you know when something is not yep. right. It's uh, like but that's when you like yeah. It's like when you build houses and uh <laughs> you go into like like a it like a business and you're like what the heck you see like you see stuff people who don't build houses would see you're like this place is not safe you, you know what i mean yeah nowadays you can just go on tiktok and yeah. them, some of the housing inspectors are like oh my yeah god. oh yeah. my god yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. the word that that's like the greatest and worst platform in the world some days i tell you so I've asked this one before and I actually got a load of crap for it because I used a certain word, <laughs> but uh, the normal question is, is why does someone want or need a custom rod? Okay. Let's take it a little bit more of a step further with that is with what would be a driving force for someone to want a custom rod. Okay. So part of the reason why custom rods are so popular where we are and where we live is because nine foot and 10 foot one piece that's a keyword one piece rods you can't buy that you can't go and buy a one piece 10 foot rod no that's you can't go to half itch and buy it's going to be two piece and um the stuff we do is so technical for the pier um and the the lures we throw and the fish we fight uh, you need a certain to do a certain thing for it and you know why buy an eight hundred dollar van stall and put a hundred dollar rod on it? You know, it's like. But a lot of people like that custom that custom rod thing, and you can build your custom rod sometimes cheaper than a lot of these rods. Be honest, and a lot of people are blown away by that. But how much? How much would it like a a ten or eleven foot TFO rod cost? Oh, those you know the that? surf ones. Yeah. I mean, the surf ones are what about 190, 220, I think it is, or something. Okay, yeah. Well, I can't remember, maybe the range, not. <laughs> but I remember it was hot. I remember it was up there. It was like a it hurts, yeah. But, um, if you go to a rod builder or you, what I encourage people is, um, it's not what we're gonna do with you, is building your own stuff. If you, um, you do get it, if you catch a fish on something you built, that's really cool. Oh yeah. Um, like, I don't know if you make lures, if you ever got into it. Um, I know you make your own rigs. I know that's cool to catch a fish on a rig you made. Like even that, the little things of, Hey, I made this and I caught this. If it's even as little as I caught the sand flea, you know, it's, that's pretty cool. Dude. I love that you celebrate something like that because a lot of people would forget some would forget that one part, mm-hmm. you know, it, you made it and you're in making it, you were successful. That's mm-hmm. a triple win, man. That's, that's like top five. You, you are golden. So now I like what you, I like how you brought that up. I like that. Very nice. You know, 
like going back on why you would want or need a custom rod, to be honest, I was kind of lost finding answer because it's kind of hard. You don't really need one. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to explain um, why they would need a custom rod, but for the pier, it's niche. But like if you're surf fishing, you don't need to buy a custom rod. There's so many options out there um, for like just, especially if you're just throwing a set rig. You don't need to be fancy with it, man. Like, go to if you're coming to Navarre, you're visiting, or you just want to get into it, um, just go to Half Hitch, get a pin pursuit or pin fierce combo, spool some 15 pound mono. I know a lot of people are afraid to use mono, mono is just as fine. Trust me, great. I got a, I got a planned, uh, I got a planned episode about mono, uh, as a single. Okay, got some fun stuff, and the one I'll share with you after we're done recording. Yeah. So, yeah, just, you don't, a lot of people get tripped up about gear, man. Some of the best fishermen I know use 706s, Mitchells. You, if you, you, know what, you know what that is, Brian? Yeah, old school, yeah. Yeah, old school. You know, you don't need a freaking Stella to go surf fishing, you know? Um, I, I use Van Stahl, so I'm kind of a hypocrite, but. You, whoa, no, back up. You just recently got heavy into the stalls. You were not always a Van Stall user. I mean, like pure fishing wise, I guess you could say that I'm a pin guy. Personally, I know you're a Shimano guy. (laughs) You like them plastic Japanese reels. I just actually, I'm I'm a different reel company, but I do love Shimano's. for. Oh, different reel company. Yeah, you guys don't sell it. No one, no one does locally. Uh, PC fun. I'll bring you in one one time for you. Oh to yeah, yeah. I, I've seen them on uh, online. Yeah, I mean that's all they sell it is online, and it's, you know, it it's a low rent reel, but it's actually surviving, which is driving me nuts. I've tried to kill this damn thing, and it it doesn't want to die. So I need to take it in the kayak and really try to kill it. I'll tell you what. There's this company that just came on the map a couple years ago. Um. They've probably been around longer, but they really started getting popular a couple of years ago. Who make hands down the best and most indestructible reels for the money? And it's called Tsunami. The Tsunami Saltex, Tsunami oh, Evict. The Saltex, dude. For $400, that might be steep. The drag is better than Advanced Stall. I'm telling you right now, it is. Um, it may not be as strong as one, but it's just as good as one for and the the lures and the their rods too are also incredible that tsunami carbon shield for the price it is it's in, they make surf rods that are great but i'm really impressed by tsunami yeah they kind of came out the gate swinging uh, yeah was last year no maybe it was the year before that they came out with the saltex and everybody's like oh Ooh. this is a gimmick and then it was like holy crap this reel is good nobody really uses it I don't know why, because I had one and I, I really did like it. Um, it is a really good reel. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> I see that I, face. I still believe that so many people are brand specific loyal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it, it's hard for them to make the switch. Yep. And at the same note, you know, tsunami and a four hundred dollar price tag. It's like, ooh, mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't you know, I don't know how I feel about this. 
I got that. And that, that is why I think one of the hardest pieces for a lot of people to walk. That's the other reason why, you know, I went from Penn to Shimano because it was like, well, I kind of like the Shimano feel a little better. Now mm-hmm. I love my battles. We, you, we all know battles are great reels, indestructible, real powerful. I love them. They're great. They're readily available. No problem. But then I find these PC funds and I'm like, holy crap, they're smaller, which is weird, but they do justice for, they're fine. They're perfect for surf. It, it does mm-hmm. the job I needed to do. So if you can get away from brand loyalty and try something yep. new, you might be blown away. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, my daddy drove a Chevy, so I'm going to drive a Chevy, and then my son's going to drive a Chevy. Yeah. When yeah. really Ford is better. <laughs> it so. sounds like my. It sounds like you're talking about my family. How funny. <laughs> They're all Chevy users, and I was like, I went, I went and bought an F-150. They're like, ugh, ugh, you bought a Ford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> and, but uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a little fun sidebar there. Yeah. Uh, so prices, I don't like talking about this because I know and you know that price is driven by the components and the yes. time. Yes. And and that's the one thing I think a lot of people also negate is mm-hmm. a custom rod is not just the components. It is the amount of hours that are spent making that rod for you. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a price range... What have you seen on low end and high end? Let's go with that. Okay, uh, for sure. So, like, let's say a low end custom rod, um, it's going to be like the number one rod I recommend for people who are getting into pure fishing. It's you can use also use it for surf fishing. It's called a Rain Shadow 1088, which is a nine foot or eight foot ten um, Rain Shadow, and it's all around like throwing bait, throwing lures. And that's a graphite rod with like a normal graphite Fuji reel seat. You know what I mean? The, they're pretty much on all reel or rods. Um, some basic grips and then no custom wraps, just basic solid color wraps with guides. You're looking at probably about $275. But, you know, again, that is an 8 foot 10 one piece rod, rod blank, which right. aren't cheap. You know, those rod blanks are $120 themselves. So... But yeah. yeah, when you go into high end, you're also going to be, um, it's going to be like your aluminum reel seats with an aluminum butt cap with decorative thread work, which takes a lot of time. And then certain guides, you can spend $200 on guides alone. You know, they make, they make some wild stuff. They make all titanium guides. They make carbon fiber guides. There's stuff you've never even seen. Um, it, that's why I encourage people like the, learn even if you don't want to build them just like research them so if you do want to get one built you know what you're talking about so you're like hey i want this rod with these guides these grips it's important to learn that and to know what's out there right mm-hmm. you, when, when i remember when i came in the shop you had a new set of guides you're like dude you got to see these and it was on one of those new I'm like what what is this this is the same it was the strangest thing so i'm like it's all metal why is it all bendy yeah. why is it perfect what the hell is this so that <laughs> yeah. was it that really opened my eyes, so that was cool. But like well, a high end rod, um, you could spend five hundred dollars. So, yeah, I can see that. But if you take care of a rod, it will last you forever. A lot of people, uh, you know, how many people come in the store with broken rod tips and broken guy? I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> I've been that guy. 
<laughs> and mine was of all things uh my garage door track apparently my <laughs> rod i i didn't put it in the way in the holder properly like i normally do it was hanging over so as the garage door opened once i heard i was like what was that and i look over and all i see is a dangle i'm like <gasps> i just got to tip off a rod oh my god but uh thankfully jesse was like don't do that again and fixed it put it back <laughs> on for put the uh, we moved it down but it worked out well you know i'm gonna tell you a funny story real quick when i uh, was yeah. going to a customer's house and showing him some stuff I have his rod blank and some other customers rod blanks in the trunk of my car. And I don't drive a truck. So um, I went to uh, get out of my car and, and I was like showing him a rod blank. I closed my trunk and closed the trunk of my car on the rod blanks and cracked it. I was like, <gasps> no, oh, what? yeah. So I was like, on the well. blanks. Yeah. It was a nice, it was a 10 foot one piece rain shadow 1207 SU blank, which are like $200. So wow. I was like, well, your 10 foot rod just turned into nine foot six, nine foot six rods. So. Oh, dude. Oh, that hurts. Like I'm not even involved in that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh. Yeah. We won't see that again. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I know you're not building now. You're going to continue mm -hmm. to build eventually. Uh, you're going to said, uh, you're going to, when are you going to start taking orders again? May. Okay, Mayish, got it. So, if people want to uh, talk to you about custom rods and building that, how do you want them to get in touch with you? Uh, I'm a Gen Zer, so Instagram, Ralphie's underscore Custom Rods. Um, that's a good way to reach me. Uh, my YouTube channel, Ralphie's Fishing. Um, I'll be posting. I started a new series which I call Rod Talks with Ralphie, which is just kind of um, it's a time lapse of me building a rod and kind of discussing what's going on with the rod and then just talking about life talking about fishing talking about what's going on what i'm excited for so yeah dude that's cool Again, <laughs> i'll make sure i get the plugs back in there and i'll get them tagged up so if you guys go back to finding demosurfishing.com and you look for this episode as you scroll down you'll find a hyperlink available to get you over to those channels and make sure that you're following that's going to be that's that's got to be a lot of fun and therapeutic to do and i love yeah. that you threw the gen z thing in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't use facebook <laughs> Ah, me and my old self. Ugh, I'm feeling yeah. dated. Well, let's ask the last set of questions to get you out of here and on with your day. Uh, what knowledge would you give to a brand new angler? Oh, that's a good one. Um, gosh, let me let me give let me think of a good answer to this. Like, okay, YouTube is a great tool. I'm gonna say that a great tool. I wouldn't depend on YouTube. But YouTube will guide you in a in kind of a direction you should go. There's a lot of great content out there to look at. But the, people say this a lot, and it's a lot of cliche. The best tool is just get out there and fish. And I know it's frustrating for people to hear that. They're like, there's there's no secret to fishing. There's you know, there's certain things that do work and do work better, but the best way is just to get out there and see what works for you. You know, when I um kayak fishing for two I, i'm new to kayaking you know i'm i've just got my kayak but there's i i want to consider myself a good fisherman but i catch a lot of fish just because i fish so much man yeah. i <laughs> i i've literally fish every single day and that's the best way to get good it's kind of obvious but that's all you can do really 
See, I love that for you though, you can go fish and then you go work at half itch and you yeah. ride at the tackle <laughs> shop for the day. So, I mean, you're surrounded by fishing, which is everyone could, mm-hmm. it's a, a big angler would be like, yes, yes. And more yes to all of that. I'm going to fish in the morning, go to work, fish for a little bit, then go home. I like it. And you, you explain this in some of your older podcasts of how people, some people are upset about new people moving here. And yeah, we, we really got, there's plenty of fish to go around. Like you said, uh, I love helping new people. I, it, people come to the store and, um, let's say they recognize me from Facebook, um, commenting on kayaking or they see me at the pier fishing, um, and they want to learn something. I absolutely love when I help somebody out and they come back and they're like, dude, we just limited out on Pompano. That is one of the greatest feelings I have as an employee at Half Hitch is helping somebody like fish because that's what they love to do and that's what I love to do. Um, I would never ever like do charters or, or guiding, but just that little thing of sending somebody in the right direction, it, it means a lot to me. Dude, that part right there has got to be <laughs> so awesome, man. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've seen it when I'm, I'm in, hanging out there with you guys because I am that mm-hmm. weird old guy that will happily hang out <laughs> in the tackle shop with uh, the, the, the people and have great conversations because it's a hell of a team here at Half Hitch Navarre. But, yeah, seeing the people come in all big and smile, like, dude, I just caught this one. And then yeah. you guys with the brag board on there, you know, that- you yeah, I love that. I love that Amber puts those pictures up and you know celebrates the catches from the area. I think it's so great. So, I was kind of so going to go into that. No need to like make my head bigger, but Do a lot it. of times I'm I'm on there with the fish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and people come in and they see that they're like, "Well, I got to go talk to that guy because he," yeah. and um, that helps a lot because um, you know a lot of people come in and they're a little scared. They're intimidated by all the stuff, but it's really not that hard. And just talk to somebody. And um, a thing people do, which they need to um, come in here, she better as you need to listen to the people tackle shop. Because I'm sorry to tell people this, but they probably know more than you. And <laughs> like Jesse, like people come to the store and they see Jesse, and they're like, well. Yeah, I don't want. Let me go talk to the the dude over here. But Jesse is really she's a better fisherman than me. And she knows Jessie more. Jesse will outfish half the people yeah. that come into the shop. We know like, this. The people you get the best thing is what my dad says and what my mom always says is is if people use more of their ears and their mouth, it, it's going to help you out a long way. Just listen to what uh, the people have been doing it longer for you say, and. Cause a lot of people come in and they they're bass fishermen or they fish up north and they think they know everything about fishing, but they come here and they don't know jack squat. You got you gotta listen. Yeah. <laughs> wow, but as I'm celebrating the background, yeah. I mean, it, dude, if I it's the same thing for me. Like if I've traveled to the east coast of Florida, mm-hmm. it, it's a different fishery. It's yes, a completely different style of fishing. Um, but the same of the, you know, some of the nuances I use here are going to work over there, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to go in and talk to the local tackle shop or the local exactly. anglers or friends like, dude, what are we doing? How do we, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I remember very clearly I went fishing with chip, the sinker guy, and he's busting up these quahog clams, like smashing them together, cutting them and using clam. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you using clam? And he's killing it, crushing mm-hmm. it. He comes over here with clam and it doesn't work as well like significant difference between yeah. the two fisheries. 
that's a piece of knowledge that I was like, holy crap, dude, now I know that. So next time I go back, I know what I need. But talking to the locals, so much information and the tackle yes. shops all are the is like the central hub where people come and spill the beans. Mm-hmm. So come in there and ask. Yeah, that's something I could really appreciate about uh, you know, you and Justin. When you all come in, y'all I don't mean this in a bad way at all. Y'all are really humble. Y'all listen and it proves because y'all do catch fish and um it works out for y'all and I appreciate that. There's a um because y'all are good to talk to. I like people who because a lot in the fishing community, I always say this a lot. Um, is it's kind of a joke. I say it's like, how many fishermen does it take to change a light bulb? Ten, one to actually do it, and nine others they could say to do better. The fishing community is a very like, hey, I like very like budding heads. You know what I mean? Like especially on Facebook, I call them keyboard warriors. You could post the fish you catching a pompano and then 20 people will comment about how you're doing something wrong or you, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. really? <laughs> There's always that one was like, Oh yeah. How big was that fish? And I caught like a 16 inch. It was a good. Yeah. Boat. Oh, mine was 19. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, exactly cool. what I mean. I'm, I'm happy for you and you're 19. Great job. Like we, are we really measuring right now, bro? <laughs> like if, if you want, let's get in the let's go out to the beach. We'll throw rods and we'll see. That's what I mean. It's it's just have fun and be humble and enjoy it. It's yes, it doesn't, for lack of better terms, I'll market explosive. It doesn't need to be a dick measuring contest no. every time we get together. It's just get out and have fun. Just have love fun, God. Man. So. And uh I'm glad you brought that up about like the good thing about fishing, man. Don't matter where you come from, how much money you make, all that matters is if you're catching fish, are you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The one piece, I know we're going longer than we talked about. We only said we're going to do like 15 minutes, but uh, hey, who knows? Maybe this becomes a two parter. <laughs> um, the, well, I guess I lost my train of thought. So never mind. Screw it. <laughs> I got all excited about the thought process I was on and completely blew it. Oh, yeah, well. All right. So let's talk about let's let's get the last question here and get you out of here because yeah okay. now that I've lost that we're, we're there's no point in rambling it what's oh. next for you oh man what's next for me so I've been getting to YouTube a lot um, I know you comment on my YouTube video that really makes me happy that people are enjoying what I make no yeah um, dude it's fun watching I mean now <laughs> that I've seen it I'm like oh cool what's Colin doing I uh, I'm not a YouTuber I never I'm not a content creator. When I go out and kayak fish and when I go out to fish, I'm a fisherman before I am a content creator. I'm going to put that out. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to be uploading every week. I'm not going to put be putting red arrows in my thumbnails. I'm not going to be putting my intros in. But um, I will be doing more YouTube. And my goal for YouTube is kind of be doing stuff that not a lot of people do. Like one of my goals um, on some of my tuna videos was I wanted to catch a tuna on the lightest tackle I could. Um, which I caught six on 15 pound braid. And I tell people that and they're like, that's crazy. <laughs> but all that drag manipulation. It's right all there. about the drag. But yeah, you'll see a lot of uh, YouTube videos from me, hopefully mainly rod building. Um, not going to be doing much pier fishing because the pier is close to my heart. And a lot of people up there, you know, they don't like a camera in their face. And I respect they that. Don't. They yeah. don't at all. And a lot of people, I'm not pointing fingers, but a lot of people are coming up there and trying to do that. And it's not going to get you very far with the people who fish there a lot. Just saying. 
They're very uh, sacred to their their fish up there. But on a kayak, I don't care. I'm filming everything, and I'm posting. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, that's 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 public water for me. I mean, I'm not saying that I had mentally checkmarked the idea where I'd go to see where they're casting at the pier, then go about 20 yards past where they're casting and cast a little further just to be just outside the range. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, seriously, Colin, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been friggin' awesome having you on here, and you've dropped a ton of great stuff, great knowledge. And seriously, dude, please continue with the rod building because – I've seen the quality. I love it. I think you're making a great product and I know that you're putting your heart and soul into it. So I know it's a good, good thing that someone's getting. So thank you again so much for coming on here and just being a part of this brother. I appreciate it. Sweet. I appreciate it, man. I've, again, I've really liked talking to you. It's always a pleasure. You come in the store, man. Very humble. Listen, you do a great job, man. I, I really am liking the podcast. You get a, I'm probably gonna catch first Cobia of the year off the beach. <laughs> when i can hobble out there sold i will happily walk with you all the way down to that far spot that we're not supposed to go to but when i'm done hobbling, i'll put you I in my cart and i'll just push you man i'm not making you carry my ass <laughs> around in a car i won't even let anyone else do it i'm not letting you do it <laughs> all right man uh don't hang up I'm still that. here. I'm still oh, here. no, I, I had to pause so I didn't oh. to go back to. All right, so I'm going to do the outro. Just hang out, okay? Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Finding Demon Star Fishing. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I know it was for me. Lots of cool little tips and tricks in there, and especially talking about a lot of this other stuff with the custom rods. I hope that Colin brought some stuff that really got your attention and made you think about this. Uh, I will have a video put out eventually on the spine the PC was discussing to really bring it home so that way you can see what he's talking about, and I'm sure he'll probably put it up on his YouTube anyway. We'll get there. But appreciate you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for always being a part of the show, doing all the stuff that you are. And uh, we'll see you next week. I'm out of here.